in the scripture that Zora just read, you notice that it says, I am sending a messenger before me to prepare the way. So today, I'm bringing you a message. Hopefully, a message that helps prepare our lives to continue the way. Once Mahatma Gandhi was, his train was pulling slowly out of the station, and a European reporter ran up to his compartment window and said, Mr. Gandhi, do you have a message that I can take back to my people? It was Mr. Gandhi's day of silence, a respite he needed very much from his demanding speaking schedule. And Mr. Gandhi didn't answer. He took a scrap piece of paper. He scrawled across the scrap piece of paper, passed it back to the reporter. And on it, it said, my life is my message. My life is my message. I say to you this morning, your life is your message. My life is my message. As messengers of God, we are human mirrors who reflect without distortion a growing likeness to Jesus. As Christians, our lives affect God's reputation. And when we call ourselves and live by that word, by Christ's name, Christ's reputation is tied to our reputation. I hope you heard that. Christ's reputation is tied to our reputation. If people have reason not to believe us, they just might not believe God. Many of us here in this church have been in ministry together for many years. I've been in ministry with many of you here in this church for 46 years. And I have three questions I'd like to ask you this morning. Where are the images of your faith at work in your home and in this church? Has it mattered to the community of Davis and the surrounding areas? Have you been a light to the wider world? We are all light givers. The scripture states, our light must shine before people so they may see the good things that we do and praise our Father in heaven. So we are light givers as individuals as well as a corporate expression of God's light. As you let 
your unique light shine. You become a beacon of love and encouragement to all those around you and all those that you will encounter during the day. Your lamp, when your lamp is lit inside of you, when your lamp is lit inside of you, your light shines out through all of the windows of your being. And our inner light keeps us pointed in the right direction. Notice that all the hymns that we are singing this morning are talking about the light. I enjoy stained glass windows as I drive along during the daytime, when I pass buildings and churches with beautiful stained glass windows. However, it is when that light outside fades into the dark of night that that inner light shining through that same stained glass window reveals its true beauty and its true brilliance. And when each one of us, all of us, when we rake away all of the outer distractions of this world from our thoughts and let the God, light of God within us shine forth, then and then only is the true beauty of your stained glass window in you reveal the light in your surroundings and give strength and to radiance for all to see. Paul said, and Timothy, the first chapter, the second chapter of Timothy, in the fifth through the eighth verses, he said, fan into flames the gift of God which is in you. For the spirit that God gave us does not make us timid. You get that? The spirit of the gift that God has given us does not make us timid. It gives us power. It gives us love. And it gives us self-discipline. And it didn't mean power to lord over anyone. It gave you the power to be what God called you to be. He did not call you to be timid. Your life for Christ should be so bright and on fire that you want to draw others to Christ. We are God's billboards, and we are God's ambassadors. When you, when you ride along the freeway, you see billboards advertising everything. They're not small like this. They're big, they're bright, and they're bold. They want you to get the message. You are God's billboard, not to be timid. I was driving down uh, Covell. And I said to Jerry one day, there's two signs, one going that way and one coming this way. And all you could read at the top, it says something about development. I'm going, what is the city of Davis telling us? What do they want us to know? And then just the last two or three days, I see they put another sign on that said, your gas tax is being put into practice or whatever they're going to do with your gas tax. But now you know what the sign was about. The first sign was timid. It, I had to stop if I wanted to read it. We don't want people to have to stop and say, I wonder about you, Cheryl. <laughs> you are God's billboard. The scripture last Sunday had in it, you are God's ambassador. 
Ambassadors represent us. We send representatives, ambassadors to other countries. We want them to let the other people know where they are, what we're about. I'm not sure right now, but, uh, but the ambassador wants to represent us well and let the other country know what we are all about. That's what you are. You are God's ambassador out there in your workplace. And whatever you're doing, let everybody else know who to whom you belong. Are you advertising as God has instructed you, me, to be, to do? We want to be like King David in 2 Samuel chapter 6. King David, when he worshiped God one day, he was so exuberant. He was just excited, and his wife said to him, you are shameless. And he said to her, I will be more undignified than that, but I would do it humble on my own sight. When David knew that being God conscious could not coexist with being self-conscious, Christians, sitting in the, all of you sitting out here today, you have to realize that being God conscious cannot coexist with you being self-conscious. I'm afraid to let other people know I'm a Christian. You don't have to tell them, just live it. There should be a recognizable difference between the integrity of Christians and the prevailing darkness of this world. Many people don't want to hear about Jesus, but you can believe they are watching you to see how you live, to see how you act, to see how, what listening to your words, and see how you react to things. A lady moved into the neighborhood, and her neighbor went in to greet her. And once she got to know her, she invited her to come to church. And the lady said she would come, but she didn't. She went back again to invite her to church. And again, she didn't come. And then she finally says, I know what I'll do. I will go and I'll take her this book. Once she reads this book, I know she'll come. She knocked on the door. She said, I would like for you to read this book. And then I know you'll come to church. She says, no, I don't need your book. I'm watching you. I don't need your book. I'm watching you. The moral compass of this world can't change until it begins with us. I didn't, this wasn't in my sermon, and I didn't say it to first service, but I just have to say this. When you're with people that don't like Donald Trump and you chime in with them, you're not practicing this. You have to find a way as a Christian to say something that helps put water on the fire and not the fuel. We don't have to agree. I said in a meeting not too long ago, we have to pray and somebody said, oh no, Rosa, I'm not there. We have to pray. Jesus said, being my disciple has its price. It has its price. And we must carefully count the costs. Jesus is saying to every one of us, pay attention, please. 
listen to my voice. Our United Methodist Conference has as its theme, making disciples for the transformation of this world. That's our conference statement. That's the mission of this conference, making disciples for the transformation of this world. We're not called to be comfortable. God transforms all of us while using us for God's purpose. I ask you, are you prepared? A little story I like to share. It was a little boy who loved to walk in his father's footsteps, especially in fresh fallen snow. Wherever his father walked, he would walk, hopping from one step to the next step, walking in his father's footsteps. And one day he got tired. He couldn't wait until his father made the steps. So he decided, I'm going to make my own footprints, only to find himself thigh high in the deep fallen snow. He became scared. He started to scream for his father. And his father came. And he looked at him and said, son, I only ask of you to follow me and walk where I walk. Jesus picks us up again and again. And Jesus says to us, all I ask of you is to follow me and walk where I walk. Following Jesus is a full-time commitment. This faith journey of ours is not a part-time job. It is not an elevator ride, take me to the top and drop me off. It's mountain climbing. As I said in the first service to Noel, Noel is a mountain climber. Some of you probably are. And you know when you mountain climb, you just don't elevate up. You hold on. Sometimes your foot slips and you go back. But you got to keep going. You don't let go. you like that flashlight I showed this morning, that little baby whose lights are going out. This is a full-time job. It's not an elevator ride. I close with words from one of my favorite songs. If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or a song, if I can spread love's message that the master taught, then my living shall not be in vain. My living shall not be in vain. I say to each one of you this morning, keep alert, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong, don't be self-conscious, be God-conscious. Remember, your life is your message.